Hey everybody, thank you for letting me come into your household and you watch this video. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to talk today about case law, where it comes from, because I know a lot of guys hear that term, that phrase, case law, and they don't know where it comes from. And I remember being a new guy, like, what are these people talking about, this case law thing? So let me explain it to you, where it comes from, how we get it, and how it's decided. And then we'll actually use State versus Nishina out of 2003 as an example for how to understand how this all came about. And um, maybe what I'll do first is explain Nishina to you. Actually, you know what I'll do is I'm just going to go into case law. So here's what happens with case law. You'll have a police officer or some kind of event occur. A police officer will take action or multiple police officers will take action. And it kind of rides in a gray area of the law where both sides really are arguing different points and validity. And then we need to, for, we need to, uh, to be reviewed by a judge. So the first judge reviews it, then it gets appealed, it goes to the next level, which is, it goes municipal, superior, appellate, and then the final stop uh, in New Jersey is New Jersey Supreme Court, and then if it goes any further, it'll go to the United States Supreme Court. Some stuff from New Jersey does make it to the United States Supreme Court. Remember, at the United States Supreme Court level, you can, uh, it, it trickles down from there. That that sets the standard. We can make it more strict in New Jersey with new federalism, but, uh, and what new federalism means is they offer more rights for, or protection of its citizens from police intrusion. Uh, not a favorable thing for the police who are trying to achieve law enforcement objectives. Uh, but here's how it goes. the re Where the names come from, let's say state versus Nishina. Nishina was the defendant. The state is the uh, person, the plaintiff. They're, they're, they're coming across with the charges. So Nishina, actually, when you hear these names, that's the defendant's name. Usually state versus William Witt, so state versus Witt, the one that overturned Pena Flores. That's where it comes from. Um, and what it what it does is it just gives clarity. So I've heard recently from a guy who called me and said, oh, my boss says that case law is kind of bullshit. And know that when case law is born, it is the law. It's a guideline for police officers to follow, and it supersedes what 2C says. So if 2C, the book says this, but case law elaborates further on that charge and what you're allowed to do, you follow case law. You don't follow 2C and make up your own interpretations. The court has made up interpretations on what you're supposed to do, and you're supposed to be following this stuff. And if you don't know it, how do you really know what guidelines to follow if you're not following case law? And I'm giving you guys bits and pieces of it on these videos. People come to the two-day or the one-day courses, get a, more of a, you know, a big chunk of it in one shot. But even what I teach is just a fraction of all the case law that's out there. So if you want to be more educated, my suggestion is you get some books, um, like the Law Enforcement Handbook, Volume 1 and 2. From LexisNexis, I don't work with Larry Holtz, but it is a very good reference guide. I don't have one that says Dennis Benino on it, but that's where you can really get yourself educated and take your mind and brain and your law enforcement ability to the next level. Um, <clears throat> there's guys who have read that book. I mean, I think I read the book five or six times, so pretty well versed with a lot of case law. But um, let's take State versus Nishina, and I'll try to explain how this all works. So State versus Nishina, 2003. Uh, this allows an officer to conduct an immediate search relying on training and experience when the officer had probable cause to believe that the suspect is in possession of illegal narcotics and the officer detects the odor of marijuana on the suspect's clothing. The courts have ruled this exigent circumstances and ruled that if a search warrant was sought by the time the, uh, uh, sought, the contraband could very well be consumed, hidden, or sold by the time one was issued. You search like incident to arrest. The odor of marijuana does not create agency to warrant the entry of a home. So what does that mean? 
Uh, in the Sheena's case was they went out. It was a Colts net case. The cop ended up um, falling asleep. I'm so, my wife just texted me on the, on the freaking thing. She doesn't know I'm live. So I'm, she just threw me up. The cop wasn't falling asleep. Damn it. She screwed me all up. Uh, what happened was the cop ends up having the odor of marijuana in somebody's clothing. He searches them. They try to fight it, saying he couldn't do it. And the court said, no, you can do that. So now it's a clear guideline. When somebody smells like marijuana, you can search them like incident to arrest. If you believe they have narcotics and they smell like um, marijuana. Now, we also know that State versus uh, George Myers came out in 2015, where you have the right to arrest for the odor of marijuana on somebody's clothing, satisfying the presence requirement. So obviously you're going to get the search if you can arrest for it. All right. So you have that piece of case law. But basically they were arguing over, could you do this or could you not? And the court said, yes, you can do this. And basically what they're saying is police officers, when somebody smells like marijuana, you can search their persons. So if you guys are having problem, understand where case law comes from. It is a, when it's a rule, they are guidelines for the police to follow, to effectively do their job correctly and ensure that your cases uh, are bulletproof and rock solid. The more case law you know, the better the better you're going to have a chance of a good case sticking around. You know, guys call me like, hey, Dan, can I run something past? Yeah, give me the thing. Well, I didn't know that before I took your course. This is before your course. Well, that's why the course exists, so you guys don't get screwed up and you know how to write reports and do your job correctly and follow the guidelines that the law allows us to do. Now, are you going to have APs that are going to argue with you? Yeah. I got a guy who reached out to me recently, uh, as a matter of fact, this morning, where he's got an AP giving information that is wrong. And I'm not saying that because I'm an AP or I went to law school. I just said, ask her where she's getting her stuff from. Just please send it to me. I'll send you my stuff. You can give it to her and see where she's coming up with her thoughts. And what it is, she's just uh, misinterpreting the whole thing. She doesn't get it. And she's a very, very new AP with no experience. So be careful with a lot of these APs. I give you this stuff. You can research it. Uh, contrary to them, I give you the stuff and it needs to be interpreted correctly. And I give a good interpretation of it with an example. So I know this video went kind of long, but I hope you guys now get a better understanding where case law comes from. And I thought it was good to go over that. Have a great night, guys.